0: What do you hope to accomplish here,
2: Wesley? Hmm? Ah, I see. The silent treatment. That's okay. I already know. Word of advice, though, Wesley. Little boys who wander too far into the dark don't often find their way back. The world is full of so many rabbit holes now, after all. "'And we both know which one you're looking for, don't we? "'One lined with shiny, plastic smiles "'and heads filled with flies, yes? "'You want to know what happened "'in that beautiful little puppet show in the Earth, don't you? "'To glean some sort of insight from those dolly-eyed moppets, "'you dragged your still-breathing corpse over so long?'
0: "'Shut up!' Wesley hissed through his teeth. The voice tisked his outburst, and then continued.
2: Brave little Wesley, rapping on darkness's door in hopes that it might invite him in, praying it'll prattle on about its secrets like some lonely old cat lady. Perhaps knowing, you think, will insulate you from its effects, mm-hmm. After all... What can a piglet like yourself do when a big, bad wolf like the darkness comes prowling about? One can only save themselves when something so evil blows their house down, right? Certainly, there's nothing you could have done to save them. Your precious wife and sweet, sweet daughter. You can't even remember what happened. No one can. So how can you be blamed? But maybe, just maybe, humanity can't remember simply because it can't bear to. Maybe you and all the rest of those self-pitying shits with survivor's guilt have locked those memories in the basement of your skulls for one simple reason. You can't admit to yourselves that you're glad they're gone, and that the darkness, that monstrous night without end, gave will to the things you were too cowardly to ever admit were there.
0: I said shut the fuck up! Wesley's words carried like the ponderous footfalls of some giant golem. He looked back to see whether his outburst had alerted anyone, but the fog was too thick, obstructing his sight of camp. When he was finally convinced no one could see him, Wesley buried his head into his hands, a fleshy Venus flytrap engulfing his face, fingers sharp digits digging into the side of his skull. Perhaps if he squeezed hard enough, the voices would come spilling out, septic fluids draining from his ears, eyes, and nose. Centuries ago, they would have drilled a hole in his skull and driven the evil spirits out, but he had a feeling things wouldn't be so easy. The voices were happy in the messy playground of his brain, "'slip and sliding through a meshwork of tangled pathways "'and merrily working his emotions like a seesaw. "'Drilling a hole would only provide them a skylight,' he imagined, "'a peephole into the reality they so diligently worked to corrupt. "'Wesley was suddenly exercised from his thoughts. "'Something to his periphery pried him away. "'Movement,' he thought. "'Perhaps it was just a phantom playing at the edge of his vision.' Blowing leaves, debris in the wind, anything really. Moonlighting, for the briefest of moments, as a tall, dark boogeyman. Of course, it was gone when he turned his head, vanished like a whisper in the wind. Still, there was an echo of a presence, a memory of something stowed away between the silence and the motes of strange ash swimming through the mist. It was faint, ghostly even, but definitely there. It felt like someone or many someones, were standing behind him, around him, trapping him in a claustrophobia of stairs. But there was nothing there, of course. Nothing visible, anyways. Just Rorschachs in the fog. Wesley continued to move forward, huge tumbleweeds of fog rolling across the banks of his tall, lanky figure. There was a certain weight to the mist, he noticed, a robustness that reminded him of walking against the evening tide. Tiny, vaporous hands seemed to be pushing him back, which made him trudge all the more forcefully ahead. It didn't matter where he was going. It only mattered that he was defying the force that had taken his life away, or at least those aspects of his life that made it worth living. He didn't like to admit it, but the voices were right. Each step he took was in spite of the darkness. It was a brutish form of coping. Childish, really. He was like a little boy who stubbed his toe on a rock and then, despite its inert nature, vengefully kicked it. But the reality was that darkness could no more be offended by his defiance than that a tornado could be deterred by foul language. And although this storm, he believed, was motivated by more than warm air and bad luck, What chance was there that his actions would somehow goad out the truth, and even if they could, would he truly want them to? As Wesley straddled the borders between the misty new worlds surrounding him and the equally gloomy ones stirring in his head, forms began to take shape in the near distance. They were trees, as far as he could tell, although they weren't like any trees he'd seen before. They looked more like frozen lightning bolts jutting up from the ground jagged things pointing this way and that. Inspecting them closer, Wes could see they shared a slight similarity to birch trees, as both donned a pale veneer reminiscent of a corpse that had spent too long in the water. Their exterior was unlike anything he'd ever felt. They were rock hard, like bone or petrified wood. And their bark, if that's what it was, possessed a scaly texture and shape, There were also thousands of them, many of which rivaled the size of the great redwoods of northern California. It was a forest of sorts, but to Wesley, it looked more like a cemetery of wooden ghouls reaching up into the sky, desperate to drag it down. His intuition told him to leave to let the tides of fog wash him back to safer shores, behind lines of gun-toting G.I. Joes, sandbag barricades, and camouflage tents. By now, his canvas lab was surely piling up with samples to analyze, tests to run, and there was no reason to think he couldn't find this place again. One need only walk straight out from camp to find it, after all. But just as he was about to turn back, he got that feeling again the itch for reprisal. Despite the fact that his decision to retreat was solidly founded in reason, he knew it had been affixed by a more primal motivation, fear. The same fear that accosted him whenever his hand happened to wander over the edge of his bed, or his eyes closed to sleep. It was the ever-nagging fear of uncertainty, a paralyzing apprehension that in a single brief moment the world might turn on him again. It wasn't his fault, really. The great darkness laid quite a nasty egg in his psyche, and while it had not yet hatched, the effulgence of the nightmare gestating within was enough to cast a permanent shadow of doubt on his grasp of the world. He wanted badly to fight it, to get revenge on whatever force had turned his wife and little girl into soulless playthings. But what could he truly do? Wesley suddenly stopped, paused for a few moments and then turned around and made his way back into the dead-looking woods. Upon entering, a latticework of sclerotic branches leered over Wesley, making the sky above him look like a penumbral mosaic. The ground was curiously devoid of any kind of foliage. It almost made him uncomfortable to not hear the chatter of fall leaves as his ears had become accustomed to their crackly voices in places such as this. Instead, he saw large alabaster roots breaching the soil's surface, accompanied only by networks of similarly colored vines strangling each other into unsightly knots. The ground looked like a seething nest of cadaverous snakes. He even, for a brief moment, felt the compulsion to tiptoe between their coiled bodies for fear that he might be bitten but he took hold of what little rationality was left in the world and used it to pull himself further. Moving on, wispy cobwebs of Fod played between the fingers of tree branches above. Below the wilted canopy, however, the mist was less shy, washing across the wasted timberlands and making it progressively more difficult for Wesley to navigate. As a result, he followed paths less permeated by the stuff. However... As Wesley continued to walk the narrow aisles of fogless woods, the seed of a terrible thought began to germinate. And after he traversed league after league of forest, it finally developed into a mature and horrifying thought. Perhaps he was not trekking through a random passage of mistless woods, as he thought before, but traversing an intentionally crafted pathway, one hemmed in by billowing
1: and 365-day returns.
2: Hold up. What was that?